Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 127 and welcome back patrons. Hey, hey everybody. Hey Brendan. Yeah, so we're just knocking them out, man. 127. It's crazy how fast it feels crazy. Fast it's going. In their perspective, they're seeing this come out on a regular schedule, but Brendan and I have mm-hmm. recorded a new podcast every night the last 3 nights. So, so yeah, we feel it's, it. Uh, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Brendan joins me from his home. How's it going from there? You have kids that are noisy right now, no, man? No, they're actually tucked in bed as they should be at this time. So, so far, so good. <laughs> Fantastic. So today we are joined by an awesome guest that is doing a type of photography that I never even considered outside of maybe sea life. So mm-hmm. Brendan, tell everybody who this is and let's get into it. So yeah, today guys, we have uh, Jenna Martin is joining us from Billings, Montana. Welcome, Jenna. Hello. Good to be here. So hey, Jenna, is it pronounced Jenna or Jenna? <laughs> Jenna. Really accentuate the A. That's the <laughs> Jenna. Jenna. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if you watch 30 Rock, but has she ruined your name <laughs> <No>. for you? <laughs> no, I do. I have seen it and uh, anything, anything they do on there, I am proud to be a part of. It's a funny show. <laughs> don't you want my muffin top whole grain? Okay, you don't need to sing the whole song for us, you man. You want a piece of that? Don't quit your I day job, man. <laughs> hey, I was dancing in my live Milky Way Wednesday today. I was just pointing up and down, up and down, and they started teasing me about dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think our listeners need to be cut off. Yeah. Hey, so Jenna comes uh, is from Montana, but she's doing a lot of underwater photography, and I'm looking at her Instagram feed. And she's got a lot of stuff going on. She's got a podcast that she does called Creative Chaos. Mm-hmm. She's got a book that she's written. Is that correct? I'm writing it. You're writing. All <laughs> writing. right. Okay. She's in the middle of writing a book. Yep. She says travel. Yes. She's even got some presets and some classes available. So, wow, Jenna, it sounds like you're deeply involved in your love of photography here. Yeah, a little <laughs> a little bit. When I dove in, I kind of went, went head first. You know, I, I'm the kind of person that either goes for obsession or nothing. There's mm. really no in between. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Obsession or yeah. nothing. I saw a, a picture on Facebook recently that people have shared that says, here's how my interest goes. And it shows a graphic of a light switch. Up says obsessed, completely obsessed. And the bottom says not interested. That's pretty much how they handle their hobbies. It's either completely obsessed or not interested that's, at all. That's, that's pretty accurate. It's virtually anything I do. Even if I'm, if I'm, I play piano and that's not, it's not like I'm going to be a pro- professional musician or anything, mm-hmm. but I will still sit down there for hours at a time because I have to get this one song absolutely perfect. And like, no one's going to hear it. I'm the only one that's ever going to hear me play this song, <laughs> but it has to be perfect. <laughs> hmm. But you want it to be perfect. <laughs> do you have a piano in your own home or a keyboard? Yeah. Yeah. I've got one, got one right in the house here. Nice. Lately, it's been used now for the, you... uh, the little girls since I've got a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And whenever I'm like, I have to work, go bang on the piano for a while. 
I was going to ask you if you were going to have your kids learn the piano like my mom made me go to the old lady's house down the street and learn piano. And every time as I walked there, I debated on disappearing. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go back again. We had a keyboard in our home that had a recording device. And so the very first day of the week, I would record my practice. And then every day after that, I would just hit play and I'd sit there and I'd pretend <laughs> like I was practicing. And that was how I got away with it for weeks before my mom caught me. That's but uh, wow. you think That's you'll... pretty creative. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. She had to laugh when she caught me. It was kind of, I'm in trouble, but that's hilarious. That, she had no idea I had been doing that. If one of my kids do, does that, I'm going to go, oh, come on, but sneakily, that's kind pretty of proud good. of you. <laughs> Shouldn't have had a keyboard. Mom should have had a real yep. piano. <laughs> so teaching your kids, I guess right now you're saying three years old, two years old, they're just banging on the keys. That's oh, awesome. they're banging on. I mean, the two-year-old sings. The three-year-old doesn't. She just plays the keys, but... They both sit there and bang on the keys, and the two-year-old just sings songs that no one can understand. So we're <laughs> loving it right now. <laughs> and family life, and you're the most mysterious photographer in an area that's landlocked. I mean, how in the world do you possibly do underwater photography? It, it was a, it was definitely an adventure to do that here. I mean, when I first was remotely getting into underwater photography, I didn't even think of maybe this isn't the optimal place to do it. I was kind of in the world of fine art <laughs> at the moment. Mm. And I just thought underwater would be cool. You know, I hadn't really seen it done before. And I went online and Googled the, you know, underwater gear and it was super expensive. <laughs> so oh, I yes. built my own out of PVC pipe and plexiglass and yep, put it all together. And I went through about six different prototypes and one Canon 5D Mark III <laughs> was a casualty. Oh. And yeah, started started kind of putting it underwater. And then as the business grew, I kind of had to figure out how was I going to do this in Montana? And that's where I looked into travel. I found a pool here in Billings. I started looking through indoor pools, just in hotels and anywhere around and talking to people. And pretty soon it became a thing where I could pretty much find anywhere to shoot if I needed water at any time. I had a few different backups that I could use because I definitely nice. don't own a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that a goal for you? Is that the end all be all to have your own studio pool? <laughs> you know, I, I used to think so because I had my whole pool uh, planned out. I had like backdrops <laughs> that I could raise and lower on these big mm. pulleys and stuff. And I had everything I could put into the pool. And then I had kids and I have this crazy irrational fear that they're going to drown in like mm. an inch of water. So <laughs> now right. I do not want my own pool. I like that I have to go somewhere else to shoot. I don't want it in the backyard. Maybe when they're older, I'll get over it. But it is the weirdest fear of I just don't want anything. I don't know. Them and water really freaks me out for some reason. Hmm. I understand. As a parent, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. We had we had one time when we were at Hawaii. I was sitting on the beach with them in Hawaii with my oldest. I was pregnant with my youngest. I'm sitting on the beach and I've got her in my lap and the waves are coming up and they're not even coming up to touch us. They're just coming up to like eh, maybe a foot away from us. And they would just come up and then go back down. And she's just leaning over and kind of splashing where the wave was kind of coming. And we got this one rogue wave out of nowhere that just pushed us up the beach. And when the wave receded back into the ocean, I kind of felt her slipping out of my arms a little bit mm. and I grabbed on tight and she was, you know, completely fine. But just that feeling of her slipping into the water, you uh, know, that tiny yeah. millisecond. Oh, man, I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is just constant. So now anytime they're around water, I'm like, uh, I don't know what it is. I can't do it. 
Oh, it, that whole not getting it out of your head, Brendan has it for cliff faces. Whenever we go near a cliff, he always recants the story of his daughter running off and having his brother-in-law catch her before she jumps. Oh, man. oh yeah. yeah. Like in Bryce Canyon, yeah, it was nuts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man. So every so, time my kids go near the cliff side, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, just don't fall. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can just feel yourself getting, like, your heartbeat rising and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So... You mentioned how it kind of organically became easy to get locations to shoot, but where did the idea that that's what you wanted to do? Why did you want the the crazy crucible of, I'm going to do portrait photography, but I'm also going to do it underwater? <laughs> well, let's see. How far back do you want me to go? You want me to go with it when I even <laughs> first got into photography or when I first switched from... Well, I would say I would say define for us the reason why water is the thing that intrigues you mm. most besides doing uh, portrait photography anywhere else you know i think it was really because i was in fine art and i was at the time selling photos in galleries and i was licensing images for book covers that's a big part of what i do now as far as my photography oh, okay. business it's all um not all of it but i would say the vast majority is through licensed through book covers um album covers with musicians and a lot of things along those lines. And so the idea of underwater, I just thought this would be so much fun, first of all. But how interesting would that be? That would make such a great book cover, such a great album cover. It would ma- it would just fit really well with everything that I'm doing. I would love to make very artistic photos of people underwater. It's just something I felt like, at the even at the time, you really didn't see that very much. I feel like it's a lot more common now than it was. But I just thought it would be so interesting. And then the idea of how to pull that off, I think, was just as exciting. You know, how can I possibly <laughs> pull this off without any of the gear? <laughs> just Yeah, like a technical triumph, right? Yeah, you know, and I mean, mm. my I started out in college majoring in aerospace engineering. I love that feeling of wow. trying to put something together and solve that kind of puzzle. And so, mm. yeah, when it came to shooting underwater, I just thought, this looks impossible. Let's do that. <laughs> 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 and I think the even the first time I tried it, because what I was doing in my homemade gear is I would, I basically built a platform for the camera to sit on, and then I would put a automatic shutter release on there, so it would just click, 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 click. And I was using very poor quality memory cards, so that the clicking would slow down to a certain rate. Because if you use the high quality ones, click, 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 super fast. Right. And I didn't right. want that, so I was using these really, really crappy <laughs> kind of memory cards, and it would go click, 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 click click and it would slow down to this manageable speed and I would seal it all up and I would shove it under a ladder like in a hotel pool and I would just dance around in front of it and then go back and feel the sides and if I could still feel the vibration I knew it was still clicking so I'd go back out and keep moving around and as soon as it was done I would take the card off unload it onto the computer I had a laptop sitting right poolside (laughs) I would just upload everything (laughs) put the memory card back in, do it again. I would go through thousands of images and get maybe two that were useful. Whoa. Wow. I mean, that constant time lapse going yes. where the action is only for two frames of it mm-hmm. that actually turned out, that's oh, the culling well, that you have to do before you begin to... And, and at the time, I didn't understand... I didn't know how to focus for underwater because I couldn't focus when the camera was in the container. Oh, yeah. 
and you can't focus on the outside first because all the refraction in the water changes. So this, whatever distance you're focusing right. on the outside is not the equivalent of the focal length on the inside. Holy cow. Do you find water. that it gets closer no matter what? Just the lens of the water yes. is closer? Everything, everything okay. changes. And so mm. it depends on, you know, it depends on the aperture. That's why a lot of times when I started shooting, I was shooting at a far too wide of an aperture and I had to shrink that down so I can get more of everything in focus. But then I lose all my light. The water cuts out like five, six of the light source. I think it really cuts Whoa. out a ton of your light. Really? So if you stop, if you close down your aperture too much, you lose all the light. And it was this very strange, happy medium of getting everything in focus, having enough light, being the correct distance from the camera. And I was just learning it on a wild spree you know i was just shoving it under a ladder and hoping i was getting anything <laughs> wow. wow doing this type of photography was there someone out there on youtube or anywhere that was accessible to you that gave you any there sort was of... no one no, zero really the only stuff i could find was fish photography was marine life so Ooh. there was a few okay. there was a few youtube channels that talked about diving and photographing fish while you're diving underwater. But there mm -hmm. was nothing that talked about portraits. I mean, all the lighting sources were dive flashlights and you would get a few inches to the coral and light right. the coral. It was all right. nothing that I could really use at all. It was, part of it was really frustrating and then part of it was really exciting. I liked the fact that <laughs> I couldn't find anything out there. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that tells you right there that you have a niche that you can have a blast in. Oh, exactly. And if anyone wants to follow that niche, you'd be the big fish in a little pond. Exactly. And there's something about searching for something on the internet and not finding it. It's like you're hitting gold when there's there's <laughs> no results, you know? I discovered a new content yeah. and no one knows about it. <laughs> it was, so it's frustrating, but at the same time, it was, yeah, it was incredibly exciting. Oh, man. Okay, hmm. so... Brendan, if you don't mind, because of the gear time would be good for this, I really got to know, what are the pieces of equipment that you used in the oh, beginning yeah, so and got that. it to work? Yeah. And what do you use now? I mean, what are we talking here? Well, <laughs> so in the beginning, I have virtually the same camera. So I had a Canon 5D Mark III, and after that one, um, unfortunately drowned, I switched to a <laughs> Mark IV. And the main reason is because I because I lose so much light as you go underwater. And you don't even have to go very far. If you just go under a foot or two, you're still pretty good. But once you get down to maybe 10 feet, you're losing a ton of light. So you have mm. to have some sort of ISO capabilities, especially, especially since your lens has to be closed down a little bit. You can't, you know, just open the aperture and let a ton of light in. So Right. You have a depth the, of field that you're trying to keep. Mm -hmm. And if you do anything tighter, oh my God, yeah. it's okay. It's, it's kind of this weird sweet spot you got to find. And so the Mark IV I use right now, and I do love it. It shoots great underwater. I don't know really anything about Nikon or Sony, but I do know as far as Canon goes, that's that's been a really great camera. Uh, for lens, honestly, I use the exact same one I did before, and it's a 17 millimeter, 17 to 40 millimeter. And I usually shoot around probably 25 millimeters about where I like okay. it. The closer you can get to your subject, the less water is in between the two of you. So the a lot clearer picture you'll produce, mm. but then the more you'll warp the image because you're using a wide right. angle. Right. And mm, it yeah. really depends on the model because, you know, they're kind of flailing around under there. They're essentially drowning gracefully is what <laughs> we <usually> call it. <laughs> 
recording the, the near deaths yes, of many yes. models. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> and I usually tell them because they try and hit a pose. And, and I say, if you're falling out of a pose, as long as those toes are pointed and your hands are the nice soft ballerina hands, I don't care. It'll look good. So just if you're choking on water and twisting and falling upside down, just point your toes and we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you still can beat another heartbeat, yes. just point your toes and then we'll solve it. Yep. So we did, <laughs> I, I would say that's probably the camera I used. That's the lens I used. The lens, it wasn't, it wasn't near as expensive as it, when you're shooting portraits on land and you're looking for that, you know, that super fast wide aperture kind of a lens. You just don't right. need that under the water. So I, you can get away with something that's a lot more affordable as long as it's, as long as it's wide angle, you're, you're pretty good. Hmm. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. And then this plexiglass chassis yeah. that's protecting everything. <laughs> How do you connect the camera to it? How do you waterproof it? Well, Where did you even find it and did you build I, it? I built it with, um, we had this company here that they had these giant pipes and I went in and, and you can only order them. I mean, they're massive pipes. I don't even know what they're used for. And they're, <laughs> I mean, they're like two feet diameter. And oh, I nice. found one that was, let's see, it was the, ex it's like an inch wider than my camera i think it was it was like mm. eight inches or something i'm trying to think back but i asked okay. them i said can you cut me off one foot of this <laughs> and he was like no <laughs> so that's worked at all but they had scraps in the back so they found a scrap and then they found another scrap of something similar that had a, a couple on the end of it like a coupling um pipe oh okay and we put them together with plexiglass in the middle super glued it shut i had some they had a big pipe cap that they let me purchase there the whole thing was like i don't want to say like 60 bucks hmm. and um yeah i put it all together in a wood shop <laughs> and made <laughs> made something wow. and now now i shoot with icolite gear because I've, I've since been able to afford real underwater gear but Ooh. i still have my homemade stuff that i shove flashlights into it and i'll use it as this giant underwater spotlight so i have nice. an assistant that sits next to me and i'm like just point this put it behind my model and I can backlight someone underwater or I can, you know, shoot them from the side and make it look like the light rays are coming through a certain angle. And all of it's through this weird homemade plexiglass pipe thing <laughs> that I made like <laughs> five years ago or whatever. Man, nice. that pipe, I'm trying to picture it. Are you putting the camera with the lens pointing down the length of the pipe? Yep. So or it goes down, going... it goes down. So the, the lens of the camera is basically a couple centimeters away from the plexiglass. And then after okay. the plexiglass, there's maybe two inches of pipe. And that's the actual coupling pipe that was left. And that was just too thick to cut off. I couldn't I couldn't actually cut that part off in the wood shop because it was spinning and twisting and going nuts. And I am not Whoa. experienced enough <laughs> to be dealing with that. <laughs> uh, so I said, I can cut the pipe, but I cannot cut this thing. This is way too dangerous. So I just left it on. Hmm. Gotcha. I'm looking right now, guys, at the Icolite. This is at least the DL200 underwater housing for Canon 5D Mark IV, mm -hmm. and it looks sweet. It I is. I mean, it's exactly what you picture when you do a documentary of anyone working underwater. It is. It's it's really a blast to shoot with. I mean, I was shooting with a pipe, so. <laughs> <laughs> if you had fun with a pipe, up. this thing is heaven. Yeah, it, as soon as I, I tried, I think, three different three different brands, and I won't mention the other two, but the uh as soon as i tried icolite and i liked the clear container i liked how their buttons were placed and all the switches and stuff it just made everything seemed very natural how i held it how i moved around with it and it it, it was really fun i liked shooting with that and i haven't gone back since 
Oh, man. Ooh. Awesome. Oh, well, before I change the subject, Brendan, do you have any questions on the gear? Um, wow. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think the gear is really cool. Um, Ooh, I have one yeah. for you, though. Okay. I will say, if anyone is looking at the gear and stuff, they have the strobes and everything that attach to the camera. So oh, yeah. You can have these underwater strobes, and they have to attach to the camera underwater because otherwise the radio signal won't transfer out. So I tried that in the beginning. I thought, I'll plug in a light source outside the pool, and then I'll have my little radio signal on the camera, and somehow I'll try and signal. Radio signals don't transfer through the water, so it has to be connected to the camera. But the oh. important thing is you can't plug in anything outside the, outside the pool. I didn't understand the difference between an open circuit and a closed circuit. So if you plug something in and that falls in the pool, you can, you can electrocute everyone in the pool. If you shove really? a flashlight inside the housing and water gets in it, it just breaks the flashlight. Everyone's fine. Right. So there was a big difference. And I totally did not know that in the beginning. So I was breaking a lot of rules. So if you want external lighting, they have super long cords, too. So you can hook up the strobes to a softbox outside the pool. And so you mm -hmm. can still shoot with external lighting but it has to be connected through that closed circuit to your actual camera. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's pretty, it was, that's definitely a learning experience. I broke a lot of rules in the beginning that. And so when you're breaking the rules, I'm taking it that you had these lights that you could dunk underwater, but you plugged them up there above mm -hmm. water. Yeah. And I and just had, had them an on. extension cord and left them yep. on. And then you just dip it under the water and you could have killed everyone. Oh yeah, I could have. I could have killed myself. Could have killed. <laughs> I, I just. That's what I mean. There was nothing online about how to do this. There was nothing wow. that said because no one was shooting fish this way. They're under the water thirty feet, fifty feet. So no one's dunking. Right, water. right. No one's doing this stuff. And I, yeah, I had a friend of mine who is a. Um, he he works the electrical systems. He's what's it called? Like a lineman. He's a lineman that works here in Billings. And oh, he was okay. like, "Wait, you're doing what?" <laughs> so I, he's like i thought whoa, i the light in and then i put it over here and he's like oh my god stop everything <laughs> <laughs> you just described a suicide yeah you cannot yeah do i just this. i just described jonestown in a pool is what i'm oh doing my gosh <laughs> yeah get every every all these models please jump in the pool real quick i'm gonna yeah, grab everybody the watch it. <laughs> gonna <do> it. <laughs> jenna yeah. martin has been found guilty for her murder of seven models oh in bozeman God. including <laughs> herself oh yeah oh yeah yeah, it was. Oh yeah, murder suicide. But I will say, if anyone, you know, I know that those lights get really tempting. Like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I shoot probably ninety nine percent of the time with no external lighting, and when I do, I have my Ooh. little homemade buddy. I rarely use anything else. Really? Yeah. So the lighting in, say, the hotel pool that you're at or whatever pool you're at has been sufficient or just all daylight outside pools? Oh, usually, it's all daylight outside. The hotel pools have a okay. more have so much chlorine and. Chlorine mm -hmm. looks clear to the naked eye, but it shows up on camera. Really? Yes, oh. It's super weird. So if you're shooting, I remember showing this to, I was shooting for an agency and she had booked a pool for us to shoot in. And we were shooting out by a flathead lake for the outside stuff. And I said, it's a lot better if we just get in the lake. And she's like, really? It's super cold. It's a Montana lake. It's glacier water. Mm, <laughs> and uh, yeah. she's like, the pool's so much warmer. And I showed her just a shot of like the girl's feet in the pool. And you couldn't even see their feet. And she's like, I don't understand. I'm looking at them right now. And I said, I know, but the chlorine shows up in camera. Whoa. It's a, really? Yeah, it's really weird. Wow. Nowadays, if you go to a, a maybe a nicer hotel, a lot of times they have a better filtration system. So they have chemicals in the pool, but it's not entirely chlorine because people- It's a lot less chlorine, oh, yeah. They used yeah. to just dump I chlorine see. in the pool and that was it. 
and that shows up. <laughs> so now they have a better chemical balance and it is a lot clearer, but for the yeah, most like a part, salination process, I think might be better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's messy. Mm. That's just another thing I had to learn. I was shooting and wow. I had to learn how wow, to that's... deal with chlorine and salt water and all kinds of <laughs> different stuff. <laughs> That's crazy to think that all of a sudden it shows up and like, oh, wow. Oh, there's something that's visible to the camera's eye, but not ours. Well, now, what? And I had the same problem with makeup because makeup underwater, and it's only certain brands, and we haven't figured this out all the way yet either. It's gotten a lot better lately, but and it has nothing to do with sunscreen. People think, well, there's sunscreen in the makeup. Maybe that's it. Like but a UV blocker. Some yeah. makeup shows up like white clown paint. It is like bright white, <laughs> oh. and from your eye... It looks totally normal. They go underwater and you're looking through the goggles. It's totally normal. You look through the camera. looks totally normal. You take the picture. There's no flash. It's nothing. You're just taking a picture of what is there. And wow. on the back of the camera, they look like they're wearing white clown paint. Weird. <laughs> it records it different. And I don't know what that is. But a lot of times we'll have models that they'll say, I'll do my makeup. I'll come over. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I can't. I've I don't know which makeup they're using. Makeup. So I usually have to say, you know, try and. If you can use this brand or this brand or try and avoid this, like there's some makeup that just, I don't know. Sometimes it shows up as clown paint. We've got a buddy who works with us on Photog Adventures and he is a, what do you think? He's a biologist, chemist, Brendan? How would you describe Kirk? I mean, he studies particulates in water all the time. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he could test it. um, Chemical engineer kind of. Chemical yeah. engineer yeah. is a good way of saying it. Right. So I'm sure he's thinking right now, I bet it's this, this, and yeah. this. He's right. probably got an idea right now. Thinking oh, these are the about ingredients right here. So he's- <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> so two things. One, I have to mention right away, guys, that we should have said this in the beginning, but she is teaching and speaking at the Create Photography Retreat with us out in March. Yeah. And so she is doing, and I'm, this is my part of my question now, is are you doing the pool section where everyone's out at the pool in the hotel and doing photography, the underwater photography? section yes you are leading that Mm. what about the pools there chlorine issue what are you worried about so i've already talked to brian about that because i told him i said look this is it's going to be an issue and when and i told him i said people can come they want to bring their swim trunks and some goggles they can jump in i don't really care it'll kick up a lot of stuff in the pool the chlorine it's like it almost kind of settles on the bottom or some of the other sediments of the pool settle on the bottom so that's why when you have tons of kids playing around in there, it looks a lot cloudier because it kicks up all that stuff. That's why? Yeah. I'm not sure that's exactly why. <laughs> uh, could be wrong. I think there might be other so, reasons why it's cloudy. Yeah, there could, could be other reasons. In the water. <laughs> but uh, I told him, we'll go ahead and do the demo because, like I said, it, from the from looking through with your eyes, it looks fine. It looks like you can see fine. It just won't show up well on the camera. So the demo is going to be perfectly fine. But later when I do the editing class, I'm going to take one from the pool to show people, hey, you know what I mean? Do you want to see what it looks, what the difference is? So I want to take one from the pool and I'll probably edit that one. And then I'm going to show people one from a lake, some kind of raw image from somewhere else just to show. Uh. I I think people are usually really stunned at the difference. They look at the pool and they think, well, that's kind of how I imagined underwater would look. And then they see one from a lake or an ocean and it's, it's like their minds are completely blown. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait to see the difference there. I hope we're not teaching at the same time you are, because that'd be a blast to come to that oh, class. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. 
If you guys are out there thinking about going to the Create Photography Retreat and you haven't actually already purchased your tickets, there are still some available, even though it's in three weeks from now. We're talking March 26th or 27th it starts. You guys get out there, check out createphotographyretreat.com and join because there's going to be teachers like Jenna Martin there going to teach you things that you never can get anywhere else sometimes. It's so crazy to think that she has a niche like this that... I didn't think would even have a market for, let alone exist. And yet oh, she I is rocking told, it. Oh, the same thing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I really? Got told, I got told by so many people, what are you going to do with underwater? And I think they <laughs> only let it slide because I was centered in the fine art world. Mm. But it turned into taking pictures for basically every single genre. So I had friends of mine that were oh, doing wow. high school seniors, and they'd come to me and say, I've got a swimmer who wants photos underwater. Like, oh okay, my gosh, know? that'd be cool. So yes. there were swimmers, surfers, divers, and then there were just, you know, people like dancers who wanted a cool photo underwater. Uh, underwater engagement photos were huge. Uh, places like in Bali, Singapore, anywhere in kind of Indonesia, underwater engagement photos are almost, I mean, I mean not underwater specifically, but the engagement photos sometimes cost almost as much as the wedding photos. They put that much effort into it. Wow. So it was going from virtually every genre i do a ton of maternity underwater a ton mm. of maternity, maternity. family photo shoots just the kids in the backyard with the pool so are getting parents and kids all with their swimsuits you know just hanging out by the pool above the water and then the kids with the goggles swimming underneath the water so it was virtually every single subject that was kind of surrounding just the general photography community in montana it yeah. kind of went to everyone so it wasn't just stuck in the art world and I was really surprised. I thought I thought I was going to stay in the art world, but it quickly <laughs> turned into how relevant it was in everything else. Mm. And it's crazy because people have seen other people's portrait shots and other people's family photos, and they think, yeah, I can get the same thing as the Joneses over there, but what if I want to be like the Porters who went to Jenna Martin and have a really cool collage of family photos playing in the pool? Because that's what we remember, our kids being that, not mm. the kids that are all nicely dressed and well, standing exactly. still and smiling. Exactly, and that's kind of the beauty of photography is you're trying to capture something authentic. You know, right. when you yes. pose it all perfect and everyone's got their hair all nice and neat and their shoulders tilted just perfect. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm so bored. I can't, I can't do that, you know, <laughs> and it's so much fun to tell the kids, like, I want you to jump in the pool and they jump and they get underwater and they're blowing bubbles and they're smiling. And that's so real that it's, I, even as a parent, you know, if you want to sit my kid on a chair and make her smile all perfect, I mean, good luck, but I don't want that one, <laughs> right, you know? Right. My my wife, my ex-wife, she was complaining once that my son's hair got messed up before his picture, and then his smile was this completely funny Mason smile. She's like, why is he not smiling normal, and why is his hair messed up? And it's like, you know, this is the thing that we're going to appreciate and love about this picture in the future. We're not going to see fake acting Mason. We're going to see real Mason in this picture forever. Exactly. And that's going to make it so and much better. That is, that is mm. what it's about. I remember doing family photos and we had, I had a family once that was, the dad was just super happy to be having pictures of their kids, period. But the mom wanted everything perfect. And at one time their son was bent over and playing with this little ladybug on the ground. And there was an ant and a ladybug and a couple other bugs. And he was just having the time of his life. And the mom <laughs> was, she's like, look up, look at me. Look at me. And I was like, just let him play with the bug. Like, I can get photos of this. This is great. <laughs> I have one niche that you'll probably never crack. Even though 
These are so popular. Everyone loves them. You'll probably never crack it. Do you know what it is? Ooh, my mind is racing. Don't say boudoir because I've been there. <laughs> boudoir. Wow. I, I'm curious now. I'm curious how that all goes down. Boudoir but is beautiful. Cats. Yeah. Cats. Underwater pool cats. So there's just not going to be a market <laughs> for their Wait. cat pets to be Wait. underwater. Uh, Seth Castile. <laughs> Seth Castile is doing it. Does the dogs. He does underwater dogs. <laughs> and oh my God, there's somebody else that does underwater cats. Oh my god. Really? They get the cats in the water because I can see dogs loving it, but man, those poor cats. There's only a few <laughs> cats in the world that really love swimming. They're kind in of water. funny. Some are the cats that hate it, and some are cats that love it. When well, mm. we used to have a cat that would just stand under the faucet. You know, some cats just we, we used <laughs> right? to have a cat that you couldn't fill the water bowl up past a certain amount because he would crawl inside and lay in it. <laughs> so, so I mean, they're out there. <laughs> Some cats don't conform to the social That's norms. That's right, rebels. But, they, they're their own cat. But you are right. I personally, I, I don't think I personally will be going into the underwater cat world. <laughs> I I'm picturing Arrested Development scene now where Job has the cats and he's trying to use them as bait to catch yeah. the walrus that he fed a cat or the seal. And he's like, okay, fine. You don't get to be bait anymore. Mm-hmm. They're all scratching him and just picturing you at the pool trying to put that cat in It's going to be a good water. idea, I promise. <laughs> We have one cat to do this. Get in there. Oh, my gosh. The, the big series of distressed cats. All my assistants are wearing giant canvas gloves. <laughs> Oven mitts. Exactly. The only way to protect them. <laughs> yeah, look like you're in beekeeper outfit. <laughs> so this is hilarious, and I love it. There's just such an authenticity to photography underwater. I can see already why it's successful in Bozeman, Montana, and it should be anywhere because having a completely different way of getting your portraits is a really cool thing that I bet is going to catch on. And maybe you'll tell us that it has caught on. I, I know mm. that even even here in Billings, I started doing it. And I would say within within about a year, I was getting links from friends, all of them going, this person's copying you. And it's just a person with a GoPro going, selling underwater photos, you know, come to me for underwater photos. <laughs> and I kind of was like, eh, let them have their fun. Like, let them have their GoPro and go take some photos. It's fine. I, I know the quality of work I do. And if someone else is trying to do underwater photography, then good for them. Like they saw something cool online and they wanted to try it and I'm fine with it. But it it did catch on quick. There was it was everywhere around Montana, just people popping up left and right. And a few of them took it to another business model where they were taking photos of fly fishermen and the fish from under the water. Mm, so when people are fishing, yeah, they're yeah. taking photos of all the fish under the water and posting oh. them to travel magazines and tourism boards and stuff. And that's that's exactly what it's for. Like there's so many uses for it. I think people really harped on it in the beginning and it turned out to be it's just as any other form of photography it's fun and interesting and why not right it really is very different <laughs> yeah and very cool well that's a great spot for us to go ahead and take our first break of the podcast and we'll come back with jenna martin and hear some stories of maybe some war stories of getting these shots to work out <laughs> Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everyone. We're hanging out with Jenna Martin, who is doing a version of photography, portrait photography, that is just fascinating. We haven't gotten into the logistics of how you deal with the model side. And right now, I'm looking at a picture 
that you're going to tell us the story behind the scenes of this picture. And just to put a little bit of credibility out there, this has been liked by Eric Pear. So he's <laughs> loving this photo of hers. So that puts a little credibility to Jenna Martin as we've all seen Eric Pear's light photography as he does the light thing behind the dancing girl. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. We've been following each other forever on Instagram. Oh, really? Like way the back in the day, yeah. photographers doing something that's different. Yeah. Cool. So, both of you are pioneers in that area, in both your areas. It's so cool. He does the night photography in a way that we all didn't think about, mm-hmm. and you're doing photography and portrait photography in a way that no one else is thinking about. See, we need to combine the two. Mm, you could, too. You really could. That all right. Million-dollar idea. Mm. No one else take that. Eric Fair <laughs> no and Jenna Martin are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so what is going on in this picture? Describe the picture for people who have uh, who are not be able to see it right now. Guys, in the link down below, you can click on this link and see the picture if you're in a situation where you can stop and look at the screen. Otherwise, describe it for us, Jenna. So what this image is, is this is underwater. This is at Flathead Lake over by Polson, Montana. Flathead Lake is one of the I, I, it is. It is one of the biggest and deepest lakes in all of Montana. Oh, it's okay. crystal clear. It is absolutely gorgeous. But there is this legend of the flathead monster that lives well, in the lake. And I've heard it since I was, you know, just a little tiny girl of the flathead hmm. monster. And it's always been this fun legend. So this image is one of the models and she's sitting on a rock. And then behind her, I've got the red arrow and it's pointed to this big white thing. <laughs> Now, here's the thing about this image. We were shooting this day. I was shooting with the agency. This is with uh, Rocky Mountain Entertainment Agency. Basically, all the models come out and they shoot in the water and and this is for their model portfolios. So this day was with, I want to say about 10 different models. So she's in the water. I'm in the water. And then we have behind me about 10 different models. There's a couple people who are assistants. So there's a good 15 people hanging out here at the lake this day. And... I go home, I take all the photos, I go home, I'm going through them, and this image comes up. The image before it, that white thing is gone. The image after it, the white thing is gone. It only shows up here. And you can tell it is in the water. It is absolutely in the water. This, she is sitting about four feet, where the depth is about four feet where we are right now. It looks a little deeper, and that's because it's a wide-angle lens, so it tends to distort Mm -hmm. the depth a little more. Uh, but yeah. so we're at about four, maybe five feet, whatever is behind her. And it's pretty close to us, whatever it is. <laughs> it's about it's about five feet because it's going from the bottom all the way to the surface. So that's got to be four or five feet tall, whatever the heck that is. This thing was on the news. Huh, I, this I blew it up on my massive computer. I have no idea what it is. I, I put it on my Facebook page. That's how it got picked up. Put it on my Facebook page, and I was like, someone tell me what this is. People said, well, maybe it was a bird diving in. Well, we had 15 Mm. people watching. No one saw a bird diving in. No one saw anything like that. They said, well, maybe it's a rock. Well, it was gone the frame before and gone the frame after. It was only in there for one frame. So, well, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. People thought it was a seal. It was a sea turtle. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a freshwater lake. (laughs) It's not a shark. It's a freshwater (laughs) lake. It's a sea Uh, turtle. Yeah. We had people all over trying to figure out what this thing is, and we've never figured it out. So we've just decided we have officially got a photo of the flathead monster, whatever that is. (laughs) 
And like a classic uh, Bigfoot shot, Loch Ness monster shot. It's in the distance in the yep. far left of the frame. <laughs> it's just, just out, out of, frame, of focus. A little distorted, a little fuzzy. <laughs> it's just hanging out back there. And I literally, I was looking through it on my big computer going, what in the heck is that? And I was sending screenshots to friends of mine. And I'm like, is there a big, what? Like I couldn't, we couldn't figure out what it was. We blew it up as big as we can. It's just... It's just back there. And this is it's, this is a raw image. So this is what it looks like completely unedited straight out of camera. Okay, so I'm looking wow. at this photo and I can see clearly the eye, even the nose hole and the and the mouth. See, what is it? It looks like a ginormous fish to me. Right? But it's, it's huge. It's heads but going it's up huge. to the surface, right? It's huge because it's back tail if it's a fish, it's back tail is touching the ground and its exactly. lip is up and he's like getting like a little scoop like of air, maybe. A bug, or he's he's doing something. Yeah, but he is probably as almost as big as that girl is. Exactly, it's got to be like a five foot long fish. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm glad that so she didn't see it. If that's the plant, his mouse is a five foot fish. Then yeah, it's maybe at least that's five a, foot. And I don't know anyone who's caught fish. it, drug it out of there. So maybe it's bigger now. This was in 2000. Wow. This actually wasn't 2016. I have it posted here. It was actually 2015. But every year when we go back for the camps, the girls want to hear the story and they can't find the photo <laughs> on my Instagram. So I'll repost it to the top. Oh. So I'd be like, it's the one at the top. Just go look at it. <laughs> it's the one at the top. Yeah. And oh I usually gosh. tell them the story the day before we go to shoot in the lake, just so they're, you know, good and ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Photog Adventures crazy. is on it. We're going to go to this lake, Brendan. Let's do it with a sonar and every sort of monster hunting things that we could do. And it, it is a series. deep deep lake so i really don't know what's down there chances but... are it's gonna hang out deep yeah, yeah that's the I thing too something. yeah he's probably just curious i mean he probably does hang out where it's deeper and that's why maybe he's grown so big exactly you know? I, and i don't know what what's he doing at the surface i don't know what is he's why checking he, her out he's in, like hey what's yeah, going just, on over here what's all the commotion just came into the shallows <laughs> one yeah <laughs> Ooh, there's, oh my gosh there's a bunch of life-size fishing lures hanging out in the water up here yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, that is a goldfish that in 1982, a exactly. girl ditched it in there because she's like, I can't take care of you. See ya. Uh, Go back yep. home. Yeah. And, that and that, yeah, I, I used risen. to get people all the time. They're like, oh, it's just this. And it's a freshwater enclosed lake. Like this isn't mm. the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the last connecting piece to uh, the Cretaceous era. Yeah. And it has never died. <laughs> oh, my gads. That's crazy. Yeah. Ah, scuba diving freaks me out, the thought of going down and finding these kind of monsters. That's cool. <laughs> well, and they do um, – I know they do scuba dive training at Flathead because it's one of the only places you can get, sure, you yeah. to get certain certifications. And I'm always wondering, you know, what are you guys going to find down there because I've taken weird <laughs> photos on the shallow end. So you're going to find wow, this spear down bizarre. there, you know. Yeah. It's dark enough that you just don't see what's close yep. to you probably. You just don't know. So doing this kind of photography over the years, you've got to have some experience with a model that stands out in your mind. Oh my gosh. You know, every time I'm with, every time I'm with a model, it's an entirely, it's an entirely new experience because underwater Mm. modeling is so difficult. I think people think it's just fun. You just float around and you just kind of have this wispy, graceful way about you there. Right. The key to underwater modeling is you have to let all your air out before oh. before you go under because otherwise you just sit and bob at the surface. You have right. no <laughs> gravity. You'll float. So you, you have, have to have push all your air out so you sink. So when you're under there, 
it actually feels like you're drowning because the whole time your brain's going, we're out of air, we're out of air, go to the surface, we're out of air, oh, <laughs> you know? Geez. So as I'm shooting, I have to push all my air out. And then as they go under the model, they push all their air out and it allows them to sink, you know, pretty deep so they can stand on the bottom and do whatever they want. But a lot of people don't understand that in the beginning. So every wow. model, it's like, okay, push your air out and go under. And then they spring back up one second later and go, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I really don't know if this is true, but I feel like it is that most models, they're probably more uncomfortable than they are comfortable doing their shoot mm -hmm. in all sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of props goes out to these girls and guys who can do modeling in this situation and just deal with very uncomfortable situations and act as if everything is fine or having a pensive look on their face instead of an agitated, miserable look. Absolutely. And I've been really lucky. I think that's one of the main benefits of being able to shoot here in Montana are the girls up here are tough as nails. I mean, <laughs> you're not gonna get you're not gonna get these girls that are like, "Ooh, the water's too cold." Like they've been swimming in this water their whole lives. It's not too mm. cold. It's fine. Um, I've done shoots in the ocean. I've done I've shot in Greece and I've shot in off the coast of Catalina and I've shot some really great places. And I'll have models in those situations going, "It's so cold. I need a wetsuit." And it's like, "This is bath water. This is nothing." Like we've shot. I shot um, one of my favorite girls. We went up to. It's kind of out near Ennis, and it was so cold that they still had ice on the surface of the water. So Yikes. we were shooting, and when she came up, she'd have to push a chunk of ice out of the way and then come up, and we'd go back down. And neither one of us are in wetsuits. We're both in just little swimsuits and stuff. Oh, um, I, try and make it a, I try and make it a rule that I won't wear any kind of wetsuit or anything because, uh, yeah. well, they aren't wearing one. And I know right. that it's so kind of gauge, you know, yeah. But what I do, going and, and it's kind of a safety thing because if I'm nice and warm and cozy and they're in this tiny, skimpy little dress, I'm just going to keep shooting. I don't realize <laughs> how cold it's actually getting, you mm -hmm. know, so I'm just going to keep pushing them. So as a general rule, if if they're wearing next to nothing, then I have to wear next to nothing, too. And we just go until neither of us can take anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you would have to. It would be so unfair if you're all comfortable, cozy, and sit in the water with them and like, get down there. go. Do yeah, it's just like, oh, can we go one more time? It's like, they're freezing. <laughs> and I'm all nice and snug. That, there's no way that would be. Hmm. That would be a bad idea. So you relayed the story to me, and Brendan came into it in the middle of it. But do you mind retelling the story? Because I'm very jealous of this. I, when I was looking up Jenna Martin's stuff, I noticed that there was a TEDx in Bozeman that she was a speaker of. And so she has a TED Talk that she was the speaker of. And I'm crazy jealous of that. Can you give <laughs> us a quick story of that? Because I just I just love it. Yeah, you know, it. the um, the TEDx in Bozeman, I don't even know how I found that. But they were sending out, they were sending out, you know, for new speakers for the next year. And so you have to record a video. You're talking to the camera. And you kind of give this 30-second snippet of whatever your talk might be about. And I basically was like, I shoot pictures of people underwater in a landlocked state and none of it makes sense. <laughs> no, hire me. And um, they wrote back and they, and they were like, and said, can you elaborate on that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do they um, give you your time limit too? Or do yes. you say I can so, speak for 10 minutes? They say like you want to try and hit a certain amount. So it's basically, it's basically 10 minutes, like maybe 10 okay. to 11 minutes, somewhere in there. But you have to really hit your time. So you'll go over these. You have to rehearse it again and again and again. And you have to be kind of word for word. It's not like you have just a little few bullet points. It is word for word your entire talk. And you rehearse it in front of them. And they'll tell you, 
you went a little fast this time. You went a little slow this time. You skipped this one sentence. You skipped this. And you have to kind of do it perfectly because someone else in the booth is usually flipping through the images. So if you have images up there on stage or props, like I had my homemade housing right there on the chair next to me, Mm. they hit it at a certain time. So you're going to hit this slide at two minutes, 16 seconds. You're going to hit this slide at three minutes, 22 seconds. So you have to be at the right spot in your talk at that time or the image is going to come up, you know, (laughs) but I, what was fascinating was they separated into a few different groups. So the one in Bozeman, I think we were in three groups of five. And you have to hide behind this little curtain and one at a time people come out onto the stage and they give their speech and the crowd is right there. And there's a couple hundred people. It was quite a few people. And it's dark. You're sitting right there in a spotlight. And they tell you because it's being recorded for online, if you mess up or you get nervous and you stutter to just stop and then back up to the beginning of whatever paragraph we're working on, because it's all rehearsed. It's all word for word. So you go back to that paragraph and then you start over from there. And they have little cue cards kind of in the front for if you get completely lost. Sometimes they'll put a little cue card up. But I was the last one in my group of five. And the there was a couple people in front of me. There was out of that five, I think there was one or two who were professional motivational speakers that they had done this a lot. And so they went up there and they froze. So they would talk for about half their talk and then they stopped and then they would go back and, and start over again. And watching someone do that was terrifying because the whole crowd is sitting there. So (laughs) online, it's going to record. It'll be able to cut and record fine. But at the time (laughs) when it's live, the whole crowd is like, what's happening? (laughs) Did they freeze out of stage? Yeah, You're just like looking through this little crack in the curtains going, oh, my God, come on. You can do it. You can do it. You know, so I was the fifth one to go. And I think there was a lady before me that went right before me. That was like fourth. And she, she started over like three or four times in a row in the middle of it. Wow. The same paragraph. And I was just, I was, I was rooting her on so hard. I'm like, oh my God, please, you can do this. And so when I went up there, I thought, well, shoot, these people are professional speakers. Mm. I, I, I take photos. <laughs> I'm not, you know. And so I went out there and I think I I said something in the first sentence and the whole crowd laughed and I was like, all right, that's no problem. And I think I went over, I went over something like 32 seconds, 42 seconds, something like that. And it's because I didn't account for any of the laughter. There was a lot of laughter, which was great for me. (laughs) It helped me out, but I totally didn't have that in the in the actual time that I was supposed to do. <laughs> Succeeded so. your way into a blown over limit. Yeah, so I went a little over, but they were totally fine with it. They're like, yep, great job. You're done. Awesome. And oh, I thought, okay, cool. Wow. You know, How but- hard is it to have someone else flipping your images for you? Because they give you this remote while you're talking. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of the remote? So sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes when people are holding it, they start fidgeting with it accidentally. And so you'll be talking and the image will just flip. So they were telling me that before. They said, do you want to do your own images or do you want the people into booth to do them? And I thought, well, why wouldn't I do my own images? This seems yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then before the main event, we did a rehearsal and it's just for photos. They just take photos of you on stage and you have to wear your exact same stuff. Your hair is done the same, everything, because that's the promotional mm. materials they use right, and they want right. to look like the actual recording. But they let me do that for the rehearsal. And there's like three people in the room. There's hardly anyone. So I'm just talking to an empty room, which was way worse than talking to a crowd for some reason. <laughs> and so, but I had my my little remote there and I was doing the images and they were right. You know, sometimes I would click the button and the image wouldn't come up. 
or I, and I would kind of get I'd have to look back and then I'm rewinding through images and it just wasn't it wasn't as natural as it feels you know if you're giving a speech and you've got your stuff on PowerPoint it just seems like you know you just click it and it's fine but with the remote yeah, right. it was sometimes it would work sometimes it wouldn't sometimes I'd hit it accidentally and you know if I had get if I had maybe just a few more days practice I'd totally nail it but you're just kind of thrown in the mix and so a lot of times they just do it themselves and that turned out a lot better interesting right on. and they in the video in youtube you're holding one are you mm-hmm. holding one as a prop or are you just uh this i is was i was holding one because they were gonna let me go ahead and because it basically could only go forward so i i couldn't accidentally go backwards gotcha. but there Ooh. is one time where i clicked too far and the person in the upper in the booth fixed it for me Oh, okay, good. So it still is like I was, because I needed to feel, I don't know, when I'm talking on stage, I want to feel like I'm in control, even if it's a complete illusion. <laughs> I want right, to feel right. Like I'm in control. And so I still felt like I was slipping through the images. But yeah, the people upstairs were totally helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> With it being so scripted almost, yes. because your, your I, talk has to stay that way. Is it a big teleprompter that you're following then? No, there's no teleprompter. There's nothing. Oh. You just go out on stage. You're basically performing a monologue. Yeah, so your whole exact speech is basically memorized word for word. Yep, it's word for word oh one monologue. Yeah, you could just hard. outline it and then give it. You had to say those word for words because they're following the paragraphs? Yes, they're because they're following the paragraphs and they've got the cues of when the images of everything comes up uh, and they've timed this out, you know, perfectly. Wow. So I think the challenge is mostly you're you're memorizing an entire monologue and then delivering it without making it sound like a memorized monologue. Yeah. Right. Oh. Right. Yeah. I love speaking and so I would love to do this, but my you, method always is seven or eight words and I use that for the entire speech, you know. Well, I know what I'm And that's cover. exactly my style. It wasn't near as compli- as um say complicated. It was pretty complicated, but it wasn't near as difficult. <laughs> I'd never done a monologue before and it wasn't as near as difficult as I thought it would be. I hmm. I thought I'm going to skip a word and then I'm going to trip up and then I'm going to lose in it. And it didn't. It just kind of came out pretty naturally. But yeah, if I've got a choice, I'm like, just give me the highlights. I'm good. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It comes off so much more natural. That's Mm -hmm. awesome that you got a chance to do a TED Talk. Now, doing one in Bozeman, does that give you any inroads for other places, other larger venues? Are you going to try and get them? Do you get them the same way with that 30-second audition tape? You know, I haven't actually tried. I did the one in okay. Bozeman and I loved it, but then I just kind of moved on to other things and I haven't actually tried to do one anywhere and no else. no one there is looking to recruit people to a certain event, so it doesn't end up getting offered to you. Well, yeah, and a lot of times they want people that are local. So this one was, you know, they really wanted people who had things specific to Montana. Mm. Yeah. And so to send it in and be to be like, hey, I do this weird thing in Montana I right. think it was, was really beneficial for them. But it, they have a different theme. Every single location has a different theme every year. So even if one year the theme is, you know, petting dogs and you're like, well, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, if it's I something that pro. really fits, you know, it's nothing wrong with applying. And you can always you can always apply the next year. I know a friend of mine was was one that I had suggested for the following year and they ended up taking them two years later. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast. We'll come back with Gear Time with Brendan, and we'll also go into some specifics about you're new to this. What do you need to know? If I was, you know, if Jenna Martin went back in time and talked to Jenna Martin 10 years ago, what would you tell her? Oh, absolutely. 
Hey guys, welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. We're going to kind of do things a little differently. We've talked a lot about the gear at the beginning of the episode because we were just so dang curious, as you guys probably were. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, Jenna, is there any other gear that you would like to talk about in respects to your genre of photography, what you kind of can't live without? You know, we really cover the main stuff. I, I would say a good camera with a decent um What's that word? I just spaced it. ISO capabilities, mm-hmm, so decent mm-hmm. low light capabilities. That's your number one. Number two is a wide angle lens. Number three would be the Icolite housing is the one I prefer. They are actually a official. I'm an official ambassador. Ambassador. I said that Southern. I'm an official <laughs> ambassador for Icolite now. Okay, and okay. Uh, you should know it's because I contacted them. Oh, I okay. them Even being photos. the main niche, like you're the leader of this niche, you still weren't contacted by them. No, I actually had to contact them three times. Oh. They didn't have anyone for portraits. They had plenty of people for diving and fish and all this kind of stuff, but they didn't have anyone for portraits. They had a few people for surf photography. And I think they were just like scratching their heads when they first saw yeah. your stuff. So, I'm like, what? Yeah, I sent them <laughs> I sent them an email. It was I it took me 3 years, but uh, because the first one I sent them I said, "Hey, I'm teaching this and I'm literally teaching these classes with a pipe <laughs> with a pipe contraption." <laughs> send me some gear and they didn't listen. So I contacted other companies and I ended up talking with other companies and getting them to send me gear. And after the second, I emailed them again, they said no. And then I emailed them again and they finally said yes. So wow. they are. Hey, so persistence pays off. Yes. And, and it's one of those things where it's not that they were just like, Hey, um, you're shooting underwater. If we give you gear, will you say that you like it? It was mm-hmm. one of those things where I genuinely loved their gear and kept mm-hmm. pestering them and saying, you guys, I love your stuff. I use it all the time. I teach about it. Please, let's work together. <laughs> no so kidding. I genuinely love, I love them. Um, their, their customer service is awesome. I can call up that. I just, I forget their number all the time. So I Google it and I answer <laughs> Someone answers the phone. It's like John Eichelite. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> hey, what John Eichelite. Yeah. So um, that's, that's a the great main lesson in I persistence. Use. And just a lot of people out there are thinking about doing their own kind of ambassadorship with some product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't give up on your first try. Don't give up on your second try. And don't think that they should come to you. Even if yeah. you're the leader of a niche like Jenna is, they didn't come to her. So the fact that they haven't come to you means nothing. Go mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, yeah, I really had to phrase it as this is what I could give you. You know, I could I can do all of this for you. My first few e- emails probably weren't good. I was like, mm. hey, I like photos underwater. Let's hang out. So, <laughs> you know, right, right. Me plus you equals happy It wasn't face. the best stuff. And by the third one, I had a whole list of this is everything I can do for you. This is my following. This is my fan base. This is, you know, I had a whole lot of demographic information. I had everything. And that's the one they finally wrote back to. Oh, I see. And who was it you actually talked to that made the decision? Was it like the person in charge of marketing or was it the actual owner of the company? Who was the one that finally gave it, you the it green was light? The CEO. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was the the actual owner that I had I I think my email had gotten forwarded and forwarded and forwarded until I, I finally oh. got to talk to talk to her and um we she was awesome and yeah, we got to work out some stuff and it's been great. So oh, I do, really cool. I recommend Icolite and I am an ambassador, but I don't want people to go to my site and say, oh, well, they're probably paying her because no, I, I definitely <laughs> put in the work there. That wasn't mm-hmm. them coming to me. That was me coming to them. Nice. When you approached them, did you have 40,000 followers on Instagram like you have right now? Or no, were you... I had maybe a thousand. 
Really? No, I'd had that nothing close. And when excited. I when they finally said yes, I still didn't have anywhere near what I have now. Huh. Between awesome. all my social media, I'm right around a hundred thousand now. And when I approached them, I think I was closer to twenty thousand total all across hmm. blog, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you for giving me an ego boost and that we're probably gonna be okay, Brendan. Let's go so. hit up all our favorite okay. stuff. <laughs> you guys <laughs> So um, we... I think, and the one, the one other piece of gear though, I would recommend is when you buy the housing and I didn't know this, when you buy the housing, it doesn't come with a port. So you get the housing Ooh. with a giant hole in it. <laughs> you go, Wait, well, what? what am I supposed to do with this? You have to <laughs> order the port separately. And at first I was really annoyed because I'm going, well, you can't just, you can't just make a very obvious piece optional this is clearly not an optional okay what does a port do so the port is it's they're different lengths and different shapes and all kinds of different stuff so they really can't just include one because it depends on what lens you're shooting with and everything you're planning on doing i use oh god if i can remember i think i use an eight inch port or oh, I see. So at the front of the housing where the lens goes, they front. have different size tubes, right? They go, oh, I see. Okay. I want to say or I ha- it has like an eight inch extender on the website, it's okay. whatever it is, eight inch. And it's the, it's a rounded port. Um, it's a dome. It's a dome port. Okay. And dome allows you to do over under shots. Right. So shots where they get the boat and the person swimming underneath. And okay. then uh, the eight, because it's an eight inch and it's extended, it allows me to put some long lenses in there oh. because sometimes you just want to get weird, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've put my 85 millimeter on. Nice. Like, you know what? Let's just, let's just shoot some bubbles. Let's just, you know, see what happens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> let's do her series of leg community legs in the community pool. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and that, that's really, if you want to get into it, that's probably... Those are probably my essential professional gear. Awesome. Otherwise, you're just planning on trying it out and don't want to. I mean, seriously, get a GoPro. Get a little mm-hmm. disposable underwater camera and mm-hmm. just go to the pool and take some photos and just see what happens. You'll find that some people think it's fun, but they aren't the kind that really enjoy the water. I'm mm. a fish, so I get in the water in any situation and I'm not going to get out for hours. <laughs> Whereas I've shot with other photographers who think it's going to be fun. And after 40 minutes, my ears are ringing, you know, their skin is itching, and they don't like this, and they're getting cold, and they're kind of annoyed. And if that's the case, you know, don't buy all this gear. Right, right. It's really difficult. You know, it's not a, not a stand and shoot kind of thing. You're swimming at the same time. You're treading water and mm. letting your air out and focusing on a subject and getting the right angle. I mean, there's a lot going on. So it's <laughs> very difficult. And you, you got to try that first. So That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. So try the GoPro first. Try, try something GoPro. small, inexpensive. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then if you think you want to move up, rent it. Rent everything mm, out. You know, yeah. A couple hundred maybe. You shoot as much as you possibly can. Because when you rent it, you, you get it for like a week, two days. Yeah, two, three, four days or something. Yeah. Yeah there's, yeah. A, there's a gap you can get it for. So rent it out. And then in those, you know, three or four days, shoot every single day. Get as much out of it as you possibly can. Right. And then you'll know if this is really something you can use, if it's something you're naturally able to go towards. And yeah. Wow. Put it into perspective, guys. Here yeah. on Lens Pro to Go, you can rent it for $385 for four-day rental. And that's because to buy the 200DL underwater housing without a port, it's $1,695. So, so it's just looking- the housing for 300 bucks. Just the housing. 
Uh, yeah, okay. the housing. But if you already have a camera, then you, yeah, yeah, you could work with that, right? So okay, yeah, right, exactly. And then it says right here in big black, uh, this housing requires the addition of a compatible DL lens port for waterproof yep. operations. So, mm. yeah, lens port's not included at sixteen ninety five. So you still have to add on an extra price for whatever lens you need to fit. And so this is an, in, this is an expensive buy-in. Be serious it about is. it. Mm. And that's sure. when yeah. people, you know, people say photography is expensive. And I'm going, oh, my God, try underwater. <laughs> You've got to buy all, that, <laughs> all the stuff just for your camera to go in. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where I, I think my biggest mistake is I, I'm so naturally inclined to, I just want to build everything. I just want to try and do the cheapest possible version first. Mm, yeah. And I probably wasted a lot of money trying to build this stuff. So I should have, I should have tried it out, realized I liked it, rented it, and then probably just saved up the money and bought the right piece of equipment. Mm. Because, I mean, it's not like you're, you're putting your camera underwater. It's kind of a dangerous kind of a serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a serious thing. So you do want to do it right. Nice. So where can people find you, Jenna? If people want to follow your work and add to that number of 40,000 Instagram followers, where can they find it? <laughs> I'm at Jenna Martin Photo right now on Instagram. And that's all. It's pretty much just travel stuff, all of the travel work that I've done. Uh, it, it's crazy because I, I teach exactly how to grow your Instagram account. I don't do any of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me have, I this don't actually do. have Instagram on my phone. I deleted it off my phone. So I have to... Every time I want to post or log in, I have to download it, re-log in, really? grant access to everything uh, just because it's it's too distracting. So I just delete it. Wow. So um, mm. I, it's just it just takes up way too much of my time. So I noticed you recently told your followers on Facebook that you're ditching Facebook. If you want to find me, find me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But now that's not even true. Only email list. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, if the people find me on Instagram, if they want to DM me, if they comment, I'll totally check it and I write back. But I definitely am not one of those people who's on Instagram, you know, thirty it's times a day. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll check it once or twice at the most. I try to just kind of stay away. Yeah. So it's interesting because yeah, people will say, "Well, you're teaching Instagram marketing, but you don't even hashtag any of your photos and you post." And I'm going, "Yeah, I don't want to anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I teach people how to cook, but I don't eat the same food every day. Exactly. Yep. I, I can I can show you exactly how to do it, but uh, you know, everyone is different, and I'm definitely a it's part of why I love living out here in Montana. I kind of like the isolation from the full world sometimes. You know, I'm not a city person. I like being out in the middle of nowhere and having no phone service. That's very valuable to me. So <laughs> I, I tend to get overwhelmed on social media. So yeah, I'll, you can you can find me at Jenna Martin Photo. But if you send me a DM, I will get back to you. But it'll be a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then... um I have a podcast uh, myself called Creative Chaos, and a lot of my social media classes, a lot of my, pretty much every class that I teach, I used to have them up online, for, oh, available okay. for purchase. I'm putting them all on the podcast now. Okay. Nice. So I have I have an Instagram marketing class. I have a full blogging class. It's in, I think, four different segments of growing your blog, starting a blog, monetizing it, all of that kind of stuff. Nice. So I have all of that up on Creative Chaos, and I'm pretty much just any any class that I've ever had in the past, I'm just putting it up. That's awesome. <laughs> what would you say your format of the podcast is? Interviews, yourself, teaching? It's just me talking and teaching. Right. I have guests on sometimes. I have uh, I have a few recorded that are not on the, on the podcast yet, but I'm at like episode, 
I think tomorrow is episode 17. So it's been, it's still fairly new compared to you guys for sure. Okay. But mostly the guests that I have on are people that are in very different creative careers and we get to go really in depth. So if I interview nice. someone who is a, a graphic designer or an illustrator, we go really in depth with what an illustration business looks like and how to improve that craft, how to get involved in something like that, how to grow a business, all all of that kind of stuff. Nice. So, That's yeah, it's, great. It's been fun. I am going to subscribe to that and listen to your next episodes. I hope we can jump in there. We talked about it before the podcast, getting in with you over at the Create Photography Tree and actually recording an episode. Yeah. That will be a blast. That would be a blast. I'm already subscribed to you guys. <laughs> awesome. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Have you, before you even knew about this interview or did you uh, just do it recently since you found out about us? Since I found out about it, I didn't know about it. And then when That's you awesome. when you um, sent me an email, I'm like, I gotta go check out this podcast. <laughs> no, you got a lot yes. of backlog now. There's a button. <laughs> That's yes. a good 120 thing. episodes. If you have a long drive, you'll be ready if you can handle yeah, exactly. hearing us joke around. So Creative Chaos Podcast, guys, look it up. If you see other podcasts similar to it, it's like Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy, The Gold Digger, mm-hmm. Rise Together. These are online marketing creative people who are working towards online marketing their content to people online. And so I think this is going to be a great podcast for me, learning yeah. what you have learned. And it's cool. Awesome. I'm stoked to hear it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving your guys' so far. I think I think there's, there's a lot of photography podcasts out there, and I find a lot of them, I think they started out great, and then mm. it ended up being old guys that keep whining about the changes in photography. <laughs> <laughs> you guys totally know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. No, what? No. What? <laughs> yeah, like. Like old guys, they're just like, now this is a thing and this is da 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 And it's like, can you be positive? Like, is that, I don't understand what happened. It's the 21st century, guys. We still have to deal with digital. Unbelievable. Is yeah, that- I don't, why? <laughs> I don't get it. So, yeah, it's I feel like there's a lot of them where I just, I, why can't you just be happy? <laughs> why can't you just be happy? Yeah, be happy. Things never should change. It's good. It's happy, good yeah, they, I listened to one and someone was getting really angry that, that cameras were getting so cheap that, you know, oh. anyone could have a camera now and even oh. take photos. And I thought, this is a great thing. Now the peasants can have be cameras. The peasants have cameras now. <laughs> yeah. There's people in some really poor environments right now. And a, and to have a camera and be able to tell a story from their perspective, that's incredibly valuable. It's life-changing. I, I mean, it's Amen. life-changing. Having life-changing. having an I awesome camera how... for cheap is a, could be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. How do you harp on that? How I don't. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Jenna Martin, for joining us, guys. Get out there and follow her Instagram that she's not even following, and get out there and see her work. <laughs> and at most importantly, get out there and try something new. Think like oh, she yeah. thought, and find something that's in your niche. If you love water, if you love this, love that. Find a way to bring your photography into it because you'll find yourself loving it and bringing more joy to your life and excitement adventure. So go for it. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, yeah, everybody. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you, for Jenna. I would say thank you, guys. That was a blast. Good. We had a blast talking with you. Yeah. It was something interesting that I never even considered, underwater photography. And I have an idea about it that I'll say off the air because I'm excited to try it. I wonder what it would look like. So thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Get out there. Check out the Create Photography Retreat. Have mm-hmm. a good one. We'll see you next week. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs>